This is the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Welcome to the Mark Podcast. We are so excited to get to talk with Ruth Cho Simons today. Um, and I'm with my co-host, Kelly King. Hi, yeah, Kelly. It, I, it's so weird because we say we're with each other, but we're with each other via, you know, computers. But right. we love it. We, you know, we love that we get to at least do this and connect with each other. And we're so happy to have Ruth on today with us. Yes. So, Ruth, one of the things that we love to do on this podcast is we don't like to read long introductions because we like to have you introduce yourself. <laughs> so if you could just tell us about yourself and your family and your ministry right now, um, just to kind of introduce those who may not know you um, to just what is everything sure. about Ruth? <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for having me, ladies. Oh, my goodness. I yeah. wish we were all in the same room. Miss you guys. But thank you. Thank you for having me. I am Ruth Joe Simons. I am, you know, calling in today from Durango, Colorado, the western slope, the rugged side of Colorado. I am a mom to six boys. My oldest is 18. Um, we have him just a little bit longer as he stayed um, his first two years here um, locally, going to the university here. Um, my youngest is seven, so we're kind of preparing for um, sending our first child away while we're teaching phonograms for homeschoolers <laughs> um, full-time after a season um, where my husband, Troy, who we've been married for 22 years, in a previous season of life, he was a teaching pastor of a church plant that we were involved with for um, many years, as well as a headmaster of a classical Christian school that we co-founded with some other families um, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And so in that season, um, overlap, you know, all together, it was like 14 years of a different season in our lives. But um, it's interesting because we currently now are full-time with Grace Laced. Um, GraceLace.com started as a blog that I wrote on many years ago, and it later became a shop in which I um, got to share my artwork and my writing with the world. And several years ago, um, I began my publishing journey and have been grateful to um, publish several books, including Grace Lace Discovering Timeless Truths Through Seasons of the Heart, as well as Beholding Becoming the Art of Everyday Worship. And Troy and I wrote together Foundations, um, 12 Biblical Truths to Shape a Family, which is a family devotional family worship book. Um, but it's, it's interesting because we look at that previous season where we were doing hybrid classical Christian homeschool model, um, ministering in the local church. And really right now what we're doing through online ministry, through an online business, you know, we really see that we are an online ministry that is fueled by a business um, that we've been blessed to be able to run as well. But we're really doing the same thing that we've always done. It's just in a different format. And so um, we're still about sharing the gospel. We're still about um, reaching people with the truth of the gospel, with the um, with 
the the beauty of God's word and with the the ability to preach it back to ourselves and teach others how to apply God's word to their everyday mundane lives, including um, lives of moms, like just like I have been for um, the last 18 years. Sometimes you don't always feel like um, doing the dishes or disciplining that child. And not all of us get to do something special and wonderful today. Every day is work that um, we have to do unto the Lord. And so, especially in this season, in 2020, um, it's become, just kind of come full circle for me that, you know, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, you do it to the glory of God, but that it's also wherever you go, you know, if you're stuck at home or if you get to stand on a stage with a mic, um, or if you get to reach those people who join you on social media or you have a Facebook group, whatever it is, um, we get to continue ministering whatever season, however he gives it to us. And so, um, yeah, we're grateful to be um, currently full-time with Grace Lace, which is still a family-operated, owned and operated um, business with a small team around the globe. Um, we've got one in England. And so got a small wow. team working alongside us. And um, I'm just grateful to be able to do this in my in this season of life, looking back to a previous season where um, I can encourage women and say, God doesn't waste a, cert, a, a single mm. season. He uses every single season, whether you know how he's using your gifts and talents right now or not, be faithful right where you are. Yeah, that's so good. And I, I think, you know, a lot of people may have just come to know you through a lot of your artwork and mm -hmm. some of the beautiful things that you've done. In fact, I think you don't remember this, but the first time I actually was introduced to you was at a blog conference and you had done the artwork for that oh. conference, the Illum conference. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I was just struck by the beauty of your art. And I know that you have, that was, you know, that's just been part of the ministry. Like that is mm -hmm. really kind of an impetus to, to put the words into motion and just like people love, I mean, I think especially women, we love beautiful things. So tell us just a little bit about, you know, just your love for painting and how you yeah. use that for ministry and uh, just what that has meant for you personally. Well, thanks Kelly. And thanks for defining it that way, because I think sometimes um, I, I grew up in a, in a world where I felt like I had to choose between good theology and beautiful books or good mm -hmm. resources that were supposed to build me up spiritually and beautiful things like Pottery Barn catalogs, for yeah. example, you know, yeah. and then you kind of end up thinking there's a sacred and a secular. Mm -hmm. And I also think that, you know, when I was studying art in college, which is a long story, but it was a big, you know, circuitous thing where I started in biochemistry and ended up in art. We won't go there today, but <laughs> wow, long that's, story that's, short. That's a story, yes. Isn't it funny? But long story short, um, you know, when I first went towards my desire for art, it wasn't actually with a desire to serve. It was really self-centered actually in college. And it was kind of about discovering myself. And there was really no joy in that um, because you keep digging and you keep looking inside and you keep thinking that you have the answers and it really doesn't get you anywhere. And mm -hmm. it wasn't until um, years later, because so I got a degree in fine arts and studio art and I really didn't do much with it. It really just was one of those things that made me feel discontent about my life. I thought, well, I'm not in galleries. I'm not represented. I'm not doing something huge with my art. But you know, what was amazing is just that I, the Lord called me to walk in just the, the, chain, the things that I were unexpected in my life. I didn't expect to be a stay-at-home mom with all these little boys and be a mm -hmm. pastor's wife that was ministering um, 
while making dinner or while the kids were nursing and or while the baby was nursing while I was putting the babies to bed. You know, it wasn't supposed to be in that context. In my mind, I thought I was going to be um, on the other side of the, the, the globe doing yeah. missions, be doing yeah. something exciting and wonderful for the Lord. I'm just saying that's how I thought of it in my mm -hmm. mind. Um, but as I grew and matured in my faith, um, ultimately I saw that every single gift and talent and every, if you have a lens through which you see beauty in the world, that's not just for you to enjoy. If you have an ability to um, fluff up those pillows in your living room and you have a knack for decorating, if you have, a, uh, if you have an ability to plate a plate of food in a gorgeous manner, um, if you're good at knitting, whatever you are good at, whatever you love to do, yes, that's a that's a hobby and an, something you enjoy, but it was given to you to serve. And I think it just literally was not, nothing of Grace Lace even opened up, nothing of um, my enjoyment of my ability in art really even came to fruition until I saw that it wasn't just for me. It wasn't for me to make a name for myself. And it wasn't for me to just get on some gallery walls and make some money um, and, or be famous or any of those things. It was actually, it wasn't until I realized that everything I have through creativity and through my lens for beauty was really to adorn God's Word, to understand God's Word more, to be able to illuminate that. And so when I look at God's Word and I reflect on it and think and look around and say, wow, all of creation is actually declaring the very things that I'm reading in Scripture. Mm -hmm. When I read mm -hmm. about God being a God who pursues us, well, it's kind of obvious when you step outside and you see a sunrise or a sunset and you go, well, the creator of the universe didn't have to make it this extravagant pink or this cotton candy fluffiness that's going by. You know, it didn't have to be yeah. beautiful. Like, why did he create beauty? Well, one, for us to experience his creativity, but for our enjoyment, for us to feel wooed by the creator. And ultimately, as creatives, we get to reflect that. We get to mirror and image that as image bearers. And so, yeah, for me, I, I don't ever feel like I'm creating artwork to match somebody's furniture or to just be trendy. Um, sometimes I happen to create something that, you know, hits the vibe currently, but mm -hmm. most of the time it's just me creating artwork that, um, that I think is beautiful and reflects things that I'm learning and things that I find inspiring in nature. And it's never been about um, the art itself. It's always been, whether it has God's word written across it or not, it's always been about reflecting the ultimate creativity of my creator. Yeah. I wanted to just do a real quick follow-up on that because I, one of the sessions I teach at our ULEAD conferences for leadership conferences is on creativity. And I'm always amazed at the number of women who don't think about that as part of leadership um, and how God has given all of us an ability to be creative in many, many different ways. So when you think of all those different ways, but it is a reflection of Him, isn't it, with the way that we use that. And I, I love that. I wish women understood because I think I think he uses all of those talents to just glorify him and to point others to him. 
Yeah, yes. that was reminding me too of um, the Madeline LaEngle quote. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm saying her last name correctly, but in Walking on Water, it's one of my favorite quotes. She says, there is nothing so secular that it cannot be sacred. And that is one of the deepest messages of the incarnation. Wow. And Ruth, as you were just talking about, like we're made to image God and reflect him. I mean, that is the carnate, the incarnation is like Jesus mm-hmm. came to earth to dwell among us and he did the things, you know, he like walked on the earth and um, did chores and, you know, worked and did the mundane things <laughs> mm-hmm. that we often don't think about as being beautiful and creative mm-hmm. and um, as being sacred. And I just love that quote. And that's one of my favorites. And so as you were talking about that, I was like, I've got to find this quote because, um, yeah, it's so I do think a lot of times we don't we th- we look at your art and it's beautiful and we think, oh, I could never paint like that. But there is also beauty in like what you were saying in the washing of clothes and the folding of laundry in the doing dishes and all of that kind of stuff. And either way, we're reflecting our creator, God, because um, he has made us to be creative, even in mm-hmm. leadership, in the way that we Absolutely. parent and all of Absolutely. those things. And I think that, you know, uh, to your point, Elizabeth, when you said, when, because I do get that. A lot of people say, oh, I could never paint like that. I wish I knew how to paint. And the the irony for me is that I, it's really kind of a God-given skill. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did end up going to college, but it wasn't college that taught me how to right. paint. In fact, that was a little bit silly. It was kind of more, you know, collegiate liberal thinking, you know, but in artistic, in the artistic world, but the actual skill, the ability to like turn what I see into something I put on paper, that's kind of God-given. And we all have things like that where, whether it's your voice and, or the way you string words together, or it may be um, just your knack and in your tuition about how to listen and respond to somebody, that is a creative skill to like communicate. I mean, it doesn't always look like embroidery or like a, or scrapbooking or, you know, or sewing. It doesn't look like those things, but whatever it is, um, I think what's fascinating for me is to recognize that when you listen to really good music, that music doesn't actually make you want to worship the person who's playing the music. Mm-hmm. It Really good music is transcendent like that, right? It causes you to go, I can't even believe there are notes that can do that. So it, <laughs> yes, it goes beyond yeah. the artist. And I think that that's where, um, you know, in my last book when I was writing about In Beholding Becoming, that, that whole concept of becoming what you behold, I really desire for women to recognize like, if you stare at your phone all day long, then it's gonna zap your creativity. It's gonna zap your ability to think through what are your God-given talents and gifts, not talents as in like whether you're good at singing or dancing, you know, but mm-hmm. what are your God-given unique traits that were created and given to you specifically so that you can be more like Christ and that you can direct other people to see him more clearly. Because that is the bottom line. The bottom line is that we were all created, every one of us was created with unique gifts and talents, unique traits, unique abilities to see others so that we might image God and draw Mm -hmm. others and point to to God in our own unique ways. Yeah, I love that because 
actually, I just joined a new small group at my church, um, like a couple months ago. And one of the first questions they asked is like a get to know you question was what is a talent that you have that you would be willing to share with the group? And Mm -hmm. so people kind of went around and it really was like, I think only one or two people said something that we would normally think of like cooking a meal or Mm -hmm. hosting. And a lot of people said, Like, you know, I have a truck and I don't mind helping people move. And, Mm. you know, somebody else said they were good at planning travel. So they were like, if you want to go somewhere, I'm happy to plan your travel for you. And um, and I said, this is a fun fact about me. I really enjoy putting together like Ikea furniture. And oh so I was goodness. like, oh, Elizabeth, yeah, you, you might get a lot of over to my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so they were like, oh, that's good. But I also, you know, said grammar. I, I get mm. texts all the time from my friends. That's like, hey, where do I put this comma in this email? <laughs> and so I love doing that. And that's just a way um, to start. Those are kind of like talents that we don't always think about right away. Um that can serve others. And there are people that are really great about opening up their home. And there are people that are really great about keeping kids and taking walks. Like one um, woman in our group just said, I'm really good at like taking walks. So if you ever want to go on a walk, like I'm a great companion for that. And I was like, this is so beautiful about how like God is using all of our gifts and talents and just things we enjoy doing Mm -hmm. to, like you said, image him to those around us. And, um, help point them to God. And it doesn't always have to be like an overt, like I'm putting together an Ikea bookshelf and like, (laughs) you know, if you were to die tonight, where are you going to be going? But just kind of like the fact that I'm willing to serve in that way or others are willing to serve in those ways um, is definitely. Yeah. And you can can let yourself off the hook if you don't have a certain, like, you know, you you don't have to be good at everything. And I think that's even a lesson that I've learned is, you know, my mom was a great seamstress and Mm -hmm. I just, that is not something that I, you know, can do. And I, it was frustrating to me for so long. Like, why can't I do this? And I just had to be reminded there are other things that you can do, you know, so we, we can kind of give our own selves a little bit of grace in that too. Can't we? Yes. And so I also wanted to talk a little bit about Instagram, and that is something that you're very good at, Ruth, so speaking of talents. um, But how are you intentional about what you share on social media Mm -hmm. and then what we can learn about the importance of using our words, even on social media, to point others to Christ? Yeah, you know, this is a topic I'm really passionate about. I'm, I'm passionate about it because I'm burdened for both what we can use social media for and how the good we can use it for. But I also, you know, with teens um, who are not, you know, my, my oldest signed on to Instagram and quickly forgot about it. <laughs> it just wasn't interested. In, and our kids were not, um, they're not on social media. But, um, but having teens that are being raised up in this culture that is so um, deeply influenced by social media, I, I feel a burden, uh, you know, as I'm part of the system and I want to make sure that um, the content I put out there is something that I would be proud of and happy for my kids to read, you know, 20, 30 years from now. And, and I think that the thing that we forget that is that um, social media in some ways is really like inviting somebody into your home. I think of it that way. I think of it kind of like, it's kind of like a coffee date. It's like having somebody come over. Mm. And so, um, you know, in some ways there are some people that would come over for lunch and I would have a good cry and we would Mm. talk really personally about things. And those are some 
really close friends, but I wouldn't leave my door just wide open for anybody to come over for that conversation. That's yeah. a specific conversation for a specific um, friend and person in my life. But when I think about it almost being like an open house where my door is open and somebody can just come in and they can enjoy my hospitality, um, it makes me realize like, you know, in the same way that I would want somebody to come in my home and not feel like they can't sit down or that everything is so perfect that um, it's like a museum. You know, I, I, so, so I have to kind of think of it that way sometimes and go, wow, am I, am I caring so much about the aesthetics that I've made it impossible for somebody to feel the human connection and the, the real interaction? And, and, you know, there are so many tools out there. There's so many um, workshops out there that are teaching people how to do Instagram. And I will be honest, you know, just because I am there and I have um, successfully connected with people on Instagram doesn't mean I'm an expert at it, but I will say, <laughs> is, I will say, is anybody I do, an expert at it? Right. I don't know. <laughs> but and so I just want to make sure that whatever I'm saying here, um, yeah. I'm saying that this is my personal choice and experience, mm -hmm. but I chose to make a division between my brand grace laced and even though some would say ruth joe simons is a brand on instagram and i understand that concept but whereas grace Lace schedules posts and knows ahead of time everything that's going to be posted ruth chooses to post in real time and so there are times that you might see i don't pre-write things and and that's just a choice i make and not that doesn't work for everybody but i'm just being honest here because i want to make sure that what you all are hearing on this podcast um, is really the behind the scenes and the truth. And the truth is when I don't have, and when I'm not really learning something, when I'm going through something and I'm having, I'm needing more time, I choose not to write about it, yeah. you know, because just because the algorithm says you need to post, you know, mm -hmm. regularly mm -hmm. doesn't mean you as a human being have something to say mm -hmm. all the time. And I think that's been a good lesson for me is to recognize that I don't owe anybody else words just because that's good for the business or good for a platform. I am a steward of what God's given me and I owe God authenticity and I owe him what I'm really learning. And so the words that you see me write on Instagram, sometimes they're posted at 10 o'clock at night because that was the first time I actually had a moment to open up my phone and really make sure this post came together because I was busy talking to my my team members or I was working with my kids or I was cleaning my kitchen and real life happens. Now, some people have to schedule it differently and I understand that that's, there's nothing wrong with somebody. It's not inauthentic if right. somebody wants to schedule their post. That's not what I mean. But I do think that you have to do, you have to determine almost like a mission statement. You have to determine what you're there for. And, um, and some people are there to um, just to log photos from their family and, and that's a lot of users a lot of people are just logging you know things that are um that they're noticing and beautiful things in their lives but i think we are too um we are foolish to think that we can be on social media without intention i think we are um probably in denial if we think that we can just simply post our favorite pictures of our families without it affecting our hearts because the reality is we are constantly in a system where we are measuring ourselves, measuring others. We're constantly um, creating an identity for ourselves online. So it takes a lot of, um, I don't know, it takes a lot of checks and balances for me. Yeah. I um, mm -hmm. have my kids and my husband read every post mm -hmm. I post. 
just about every post I post before I post it. They always end up reading it. I don't write anything about my kids without them approving it and agreeing that that's true. Um, my husband being, Troy being somebody who is um, doctrinally minded, I always, he's like the pastor of our family, you know, he's our shepherd. <laughs> yeah. and so I always make sure that he reads through things and, and I say, what am I missing here? How have I misrepresented the word? Or yeah. have I have I given people like just a little snack when they really could go deeper? But how can you go deeper on social media? You know, we talk about those things really regularly so that I'm not just in my own little world running my own little business mm -hmm. online, that I'm accountable to others in my life. And um, and so that's really a, um, just a, a safety guard for me yeah. personally. Mm -hmm. um, and then that's and the whole thing about scheduling and what I post and what I don't post. Those are personal choices. You know, mm -hmm. everybody's going to make choices based on their own schedule and their own needs. But for me, the reason why I've been on Instagram for, I think now, like almost eight years or whatever, and I still feel compelled to go forward and I'm not burned out is because for me, it's because I made that choice to keep it authentic and real and a reflection of what I'm actually learning rather than scheduling out 30 posts and making it more of a brand. And so yeah. that's just a choice that I had to make because I knew uh, like maybe about two years ago, I was feeling that burnout where I was like, um, I feel like I owe the audience something. Like mm -hmm. I started thinking of social media as like, I'm a performer and they're my audience and I can't live like that. And so, yeah. um, so that's just a choice for me that helped me take it out of the realm of performing and put it back in the realm of this is, this is literally like everything else I do. I, I, I can steward this platform in a certain way to bring maximum glory to God and process the things that he's teaching me so that I can image him and reflect him and point others to God's beauty and God's word and God's goodness. And if I get to play a part in that and do that with my artwork, do that with my kids, do that with my home, yay. But otherwise yeah. there will be some other medium I can do that yeah. with as well. Yeah. That is so good. <laughs> I'm just like, I need to take notes and write this down and, and distribute it to people because <laughs> exactly as you know, I work in social media. So a lot of times mm -hmm. I get questions like this and I sure. feel like the whole thing about you don't owe anybody, you know, mm -hmm. your posts is so good. And I think, too, a lot of times we get burnt out with having to make every little thing mean something um, yes. for the purpose of social media. And right. and so I'm just like, just, you know, live your life, learn, grow, obviously, in the Lord. Um, but it doesn't have to be like a constant thing that you're sharing all of that information yeah. and having a social media editor or somebody that you can run by. <laughs> like, uh, sure. I have a few friends that I will just text and be like, can I tweet this? Yes. Um, and how will it be read if I tweet it right now? And so, because sometimes things are fine, but if you were to post it in a certain moment, it would be sure. read completely differently. So That's exactly true. Elizabeth, mm -hmm. I send my posts to at least three people yeah. um, on my team or in my husband. Like we, I make sure that multiple people read it so that my, you know, waxing poetic at 10 o'clock at night isn't going to turn into something <laughs> right. that didn't mean, say sure. what, I, what I mean to say. But, you know, one thing I wanted to just touch on real quick is mm -hmm. I just wonder if our sisters who are listening in today to this podcast feel fear. And I think that fear mm -hmm. is one of those things that drives us in social media and anywhere we're online. We just feel fearful that we're going to post the wrong thing or yeah. we're going to say one thing and everybody's going to unfollow or we 
didn't post at the right time or the algorithm is going to hate us. And now I'll never, my business will never take off. And there's just a lot of things like that that can keep us feeling, um, I don't know, bound up and fearful, not um, thinking that we are almost like enslaved to this platform or enslaved to this this um, this set of rules there. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I think as believers, we don't realize how much we buy into that. And I have to fight it all the time. I mean, I because I feel fear when suddenly the 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 platform changes and I don't know, I get like 20 DMs that people don't see my posts anymore or whatever. Yeah. You know, that 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 legitimately happens. And we have to steward. I think it's okay for us to acknowledge use good, use the tools, be mindful. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that we don't care about algorithms because you want to steward your platform. Well, no matter whatever God's given you to do, don't do it half-heartedly and don't do it carelessly. But there's a difference between being mindful and as a steward of strategy and being fearful and living in like constant, um, fear, needing approval, needing affirmation, needing to make sure that, um, what you are doing pays off. And I think ultimately that's where it comes in, where as sisters in Christ, we need to constantly remind each other in this culture, in this time, that that audience really is Jesus, right? That audience is, so if you're going to steward your platform well and care about algorithms, do it excellently because Jesus, right? Do it excellently because of him, not because of the 100,000 people you're afraid are going to leave. And I have to keep telling my heart that myself yeah Yeah. well that kind of even is yeah i was (laughs) gonna say that kind of is one of your phrases that you um really kind of hone in on with your new bible study truthful where you talk about preaching to your own heart and so we want to talk a little bit about truth build and your new bible study so it's it's coming out soon and we want to just tell you know tell us a little bit about what what truth build is and what women can expect when they start diving in Yes, I'm so excited. So, you know, for years, well, the backstory is ultimately that as a young wife and mom, I would spin out of control in my thoughts. I would have lots of fears and thoughts about whether I was raising my kids right. You know, I mean, I confess that fear just now about social media, just so that others would know like, hey, just there's no arrival point. You have to keep preaching t- truth to yourself as you steward all these things, as you work through these, you don't get to a point where you're suddenly like, I don't fear anymore. I don't struggle anymore. You definitely grow and work through that. But as I was doing it, um, like struggling with, you know, fearful thoughts and, you know, am I going to be a good wife and good mom? What if I can't do this right? Um, you know, the backstory is that Troy really said, do you remember how the psalmist in, you know, Psalm 42, Psalm 103. Do you remember how the psalmist would preach to his own heart and tell his soul what to do and remind his soul, like, you've been forgiven. You are, you, God has rescued you. Like, like think about the way the psalmist talked to himself. Mm -hmm. And so this was like, you know, I would say 15, 16 years ago where I first started thinking, oh my goodness, there's a template here. But as I grew in it, I started repeating those things even as I wrote in blog posts or social media, and I started a hashtag preaching to my own heart and started reading, you know, Jerry Bridges and others who, you know, Paul David Tripp talks about it. And at the time, I don't think I was reading and realizing that everyone was talking about this at the same time. But um, now in retrospect, I realized God was at work 
in the church saying, you know, stop buying into um, just simple self-help platitudes. Let's like really look at how God's word actually applies. It's not just something that we know in our heads, but we have to apply it to our lives. And so in truth filled, what I wanted to do was not just to walk um, women through this idea that we can preach truth to ourselves because we can talk about that all day long and say, hey, take this thought and um, speak it back to yourself. But at some level, it could, it could end up being that we just say nice things to ourselves like, you know, I am pretty, I am great, <laughs> you know, and that's not what that's about at right. all. And so the best way I knew how to illustrate this for women who would study along was to ultimately look at what God's word says about who God is, who we are in Christ, what we do in response to those truths, and how do we keep on persevering in those truths? Those four themes for anyone who's read Grace Lace will remember that those four themes were a part of the seasons in those devotionals that I wrote. But in Truthfield, I took it deeper and took those four, um, those four aspects of God's word and the truths we see in God's word and show um, women how all of them are illustrated through the book of Colossians. And so Paul does a really good job. The, the Apostle Paul does a really good job in all his epistles. With, yeah, we um, love Paul. <laughs> right? With He always does. He always starts off with telling his reader, to telling the churches, like, this is who God is, and this is what he's done for you. And then he gives instructions. Yeah. And so, you know, all of us, why do we preach truth to ourselves? The end goal is that we might know what to do and that we might see change, right? I mean, the only reason why we're even preaching truth to ourselves is because we want to stop fearing. We want to stop comparing. We want to start um, some better habits and put away some horrible habits. We want to see change. We want to stop yelling at our kids. We want to be more patient with our spouses. You know, like we want to, to see that change. But rather than go straight to the part where I say, hey, just tell yourself you're a good wife. Let's, let's, let's do this. Like God's going to help you. Let's Let's implement these things. Sure, we can start there, but there's no power there. The power is in seeing that God is preeminent, that God in His sovereignty rescued you, and this is what He's given you. Instead of your um, track record, He's replaced that with, the, with redemption, with the truth of um, your identity in Christ. And so therefore, because of that, now you can do all the one another's mm -hmm. of the Gospels. And so ultimately... Um, that's why we're going through Colossians. I could have picked another um, book. I could have picked another letter. We could have gone through some of the Psalms, and we do. We do go through those as well. But I chose to walk us through um, the entire book of Colossians so that at the end of the study, women would feel empowered to open their Bibles and repeat that pattern anywhere they're reading. So ultimately, it's not my formula. It's not um, a formula that any pastor or a biblical scholar has written out for us, it's really just in God's word that we see who God is, who we are in Christ, how do we respond in, 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 the, tr in the light of that, and how do we persevere um, because of his faithfulness. And those four, um, four aspects of the gospel will ultimately, we will start seeing that over and over again anywhere we read in God's Word. So I sure hope that women will join me in this study and go through the book of Colossians, learn how to preach truth to yourself, and start applying God's Word in our everyday lives. Yeah, yeah the, the content is not only amazing, but it is also 
a very beautiful Bible yes, study is. because of your <laughs> artwork. You. That's yeah, and I was going to say what I love about it is it's so practical. Like the way that um, you teach the Bible study is very hands-on. Like I'm going to show you how to do it. Now I want you to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that women are going to love this because it not only teaches us to preach truth to ourselves, but it also in a way also teaches us how to pray through God's word. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that we get a lot of questions about. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's something that I'm excited to see women go through. It's, I told you this, like Colossians is one of my favorite books of the Bible. If we're allowed to have favorite books. Yes. And, um, and so I love it. And I used to think that Paul was like this really harsh person because Mm -hmm. all we ever read were the, um, like the, the commands. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't look at, and, and that's not against my church. It's probably what I heard, you know? Mm-hmm. And so... Um, right, because we go straight to that. We were yeah, always like, it's like what's what the takeaway? I- what can I do right now? <laughs> yeah. Start today. Yeah, and I'm sure they also preach the other parts of it, but I just was hearing like, okay, this is what I do now. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. And so as an adult, as I was reading through and learning the why um, that Paul so clearly puts at the beginning of all of his uh, letters is, you know, this is why we are, we should do these yes. things. And that is yes. the beauty of the gospel is it's not just the why, but also the how, and you share that so beautifully in the study. Um, so I'm looking forward to women getting a hold of it because like Kelly said, it's not, um, it's not only good content, but it's also just a beautiful study. So I think women are going to be so excited. We'll be seeing lots of Instagram posts of your study. That's I, true. Sure. That is true. Yeah. So, Ruth, the question that we always ask, because this is called the Marked Podcast, mm. is what has marked you in your walk with Christ? Yeah, I love that. Um, I love that question. You know, the first thing that comes to mind for me, and I because there are so many things that I could point to, but I think the quintessential thing that gets me up in the morning, makes me realize that I am his and literally like I'm marked for life is, is going back to Romans eight, um, talking about the fact that he is our Abba father. That's what's really marked me. Um, Mm -hmm. I come from a background where, um, my family relationships haven't always been tender and haven't always felt, um, uh, I haven't always felt like I belong, and mm-hmm. um, and there's been struggle there. And for many women, our past and our family heritage is complicated, and sometimes we don't really know where we belong. And I love that Paul in Romans just puts it so clearly in a way that I personally can understand. I have been adopted. I've been made his child, and I can cry out, Abba, Father. He's not my school principal. Mm-hmm. He is not my coach. He's not, um, you know, the the someone just, you know, um, waiting for me to do it right. He's my father. He is, he is waiting for me to call out to him, to draw near, to come close. I I honestly think that um, if women were to really open the word and recognize how intimate and how near God their Abba Father really is, that would change everything. I think it would change so much about um, our fears and our stressors and the things that um, keep us up at night. And so for me, um, what's marked me in my walk with God is to is to is is the fact that I can stop performing and stop trying to um, gain His approval as if He is someone I need to impress. 
but to actually come near and to be folded, like just to be held and come into the fold of Christ and for him to be my Abba Father. Well, that is such a great encouragement. And I know we have listeners who, you know, maybe feel the same way. They just need to know that that God is their Abba Father and that they can go to him and have that kind of relationship. So that's, and just what you have said about authenticity and, you know, being vulnerable to to other people. I, you know, I was talking to some college girls last week and they, um, that was the number one thing they said they look for when they're looking at Bible study teachers and leaders um, is that they really want to make sure that it's someone who's going to be really authentic and vulnerable with them and, and just put their life um on dis- not just on display, but to to say, this is what Christ has done for me. This is this is how Christ has redeemed me. So we just we're so excited about your new study, and we are so thrilled. Thank you so much for being on the Mark podcast today. And we're going to put in the show notes the links to buying the Bible study. And we also just want to make sure women know that you're going to be speaking at our upcoming Women's yes. Leadership Forum. And there is a virtual aspect to that because we're trying. We have a small live audience that we're keeping really small to social distance and all of that, but anybody can join us from anywhere so you can also go to lifeway.com slash women's forum and you can sign up for that and i think that everyone is if you if you register pretty quickly you'll get our vip box which includes a sample of the truth filled study i'm just giving you a sneak peek of what's what's out there so thank well, you so much is yeah, the form going to be available after because this it is this uh episode publishes right before the forum so i just yes. wanted to make sure people knew yes it would be so available after they can well. they can sign up you know the day of even so they can do that but also it'll be available afterwards for two months they you can go on and you can purchase that and you'll have content for up to a year so we That's are excited great. for you to be there for that thanks mm-hmm. elizabeth and thanks again ruth and we are so thankful for you and excited to have you as part of our lifeway family so thank you listeners and we are um we're gonna just end this today and and just tell you to just go find the truth filled study so we will talk to you again next week thanks so much for listening if you want to join in on the conversation you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag Marked Podcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.